Welcome to the Top Advisor Podcast, brought to you by Proud Mouse Pod Rocket Academy. I'm your host, Bill Cates, creator of the Cates Academy for Relationship Marketing. In each episode, I interview one of our industry's top performers, getting them to pass on their secrets to success to you so that you can impact more lives and generate more income. Now, on to the show. Welcome to Top Advisor Podcast. This show is part two of a two-part conversation between myself and marketing expert, Mary Beth Kosmeski. Now, in part one, Mary Beth took the lead in discussing what it takes to get more referrals without asking. I made a few comments along the way, which led to a discussion that I hope everyone found valuable. I, I mean, I don't think I've ever met an advisor who didn't want more unsolicited referrals, as long as those prospects, clients were an ideal fit for their business. In case you didn't listen to part one, let me tell you a little bit about our featured guest. Dr. Mary Beth Kosmeski is the president of Red, Red Zone Marketing, an award-winning marketing consulting firm with clients throughout the financial services industry. And Red Zone Marketing's primary focus is designing innovative marketing and business growth initiatives. Mary Beth has written nine books on marketing and is also a professor at Oklahoma State University teaching marketing and personal branding name, image, and likeness for student athletes. She has a bachelor's degree from the Newhouse School of Public Communications at Syracuse University, an MBA from the George Washington University, and PhD in business administration from Oklahoma State. So obviously she's overeducated, uh, but very smart. Uh, Oklahoma State happens to be my father's alma mater. Uh, I accepted, I was accepted into Oklahoma State, but it was more of a just, you know, can can the son get into the dad's school uh, kind of thing? <laughs> I often wonder what would happen had I gone to school there. Uh, I went to the University of Maryland instead, go Terps. Uh, so for today's episode, Mary Beth will be asking me questions and offering her insights uh, from time to time, as I did in part one. So Mary Beth Kuzmeski, welcome back to Top Advisor Podcast. Well, thank you. And I'm excited to ask you some questions and turn the table a little bit. Yeah, well, it's, it's great to have you, and uh, I haven't done this much with the podcast yet, so I look forward to sharing whatever bit of wisdom I might. Uh, I turn this over to you. Ask away. Okay. Well, in the last episode, we talked about getting referrals without asking, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. So if if we can get referrals without asking, why would an advisor ask for referrals, <laughs> and, and how are those things working right now? That's a great question. And, and you know, I, I just before this interview, I was interviewing an advisor based in the Minneapolis area. And he told me that he has he suffers from PSTD around asking for referrals, asking for referrals the way he was taught when he first got started in his business. So um, I know that when it comes to the ask, people don't want to look like that creepy referral guy. They don't want to look cheesy, unsuccessful, all that sort of stuff, which I'm sure we'll get into as we go. So here's the key. If you can get referrals, introductions without asking, you're getting the right kind. You're getting the right quantity and quality. Sometimes for a lot of folks, especially newer, it's, it's a partially a quantity issue. But for everybody, for the most part, it's a quality issue. Uh, if you're in a pure growth mode, and uh, you, you, you are growing and you want to find more of the right people, then it certainly makes sense to be a little bit more proactive. If you're on the back nine of your business, to use a golf metaphor, if you're 
done with your empire building, well, maybe uh, maybe you don't need so many, right? As long as you're getting the right kind. On the other hand, uh, a lot of folks uh, who are on the back nine, perhaps in their own career, have hired junior advisors. You have a team and you're trying to scale in a certain way, in which case, are you proactive or they do they need to be proactive? So there's a lot of reasons. I, I guess uh, also if you're focusing on a clear target market or you've made a decision to move towards a clear target market, then you probably want to find a way to be appropriately proactive. So yeah, can you build a robust, successful business without asking for referrals or introductions? Yes. Uh, if you are have certain goals or trying to move in a certain direction, will asking and asking in the right way make a big difference for you? The answer is also yes. Yeah, I think a lot of advisors have PTSD around asking for referrals. It is definitely something that- I loved it when he said that. And that's not to minimize folks who have real PTSD right. from other traumatic you know, experiences. And you know, I, th I think we, we all get it, right? We've been taught away. Uh, we don't want to look like that. It never felt comfortable. I did it anyway because I was brand new and had to. But yeah, I think we get that. <laughs> yeah. So I often use the words referral and introductions interchangeably, mm -hmm. but you don't. So talk about how the, like sort of the difference in your mind between introductions and referrals. Yes. You, so you heard me use the words together kind of interchangeably, but I only do that uh, because most people can identify with the word referral and not everyone is thinking yet in terms of the introduction. So let me kind of give you my uh, hierarchy, if you will. You know, you know Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Anyone who's taken a college or high school uh, psychology class probably learns that. I think the first level is, uh, I don't know, beer, pizza, Monday night football, something like that, you know, to keep us alive and we go from there. Um, but it, here's the way I see it. So, so leads, leads that one might get through internet marketing, through a, a direct mail, et cetera. Uh, I call that the lowest level. Yeah, there are some lead programs that might generate a lot of the right people, but they're, they're few and far between. Uh, leads, I don't know what your perspective is, Mary Beth, but I've kind of seen leads as a, as a recipe for mediocrity in this business, if that's all you rely on for your career. Yeah, uh, I totally agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah, it seems that by the time you hit the third, fourth year in this business, I hope you're, you're done with that, um, depending on what the word lead means to you. Now, uh, the next level um, would be what they call the referred lead, which is call George, use my name. Well, that used to work because George used to answer his phone, right? Laura used to pick up even if she didn't know who was calling. But now people don't do that. And they wonder, why did this person get my name out? This just doesn't work as well as it used to. And so we've got to think in terms of introductions in, or connections. We've got to get connected to this new prospect. And so... What I advocate when you're with a prospect, when you're with a client, when you're with a center of influence, anyone has the ability to make connections for you, you want to use the word introductions. Uh, how would you like to introduce me to George? You know, let's talk about what it would look like. In fact, I've had some of my own clients using my system, and we'll get into this a little bit later. I call it the VIPS. Um, they've S's suggest names and categories. They've added either an A or an I. I've got one client who calls it Vipsy, right? Because it's the introduction part. 
Uh, another client has it, A, Vipsa, I guess, uh, you know, talk about, you know, you know, uh, how you'd like to be introduced. I forgot what the A stands for, but um, nonetheless, it, the introduction is woven into the process because we're not done until we get introduced. So I hope that answers the question probably more than you needed. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's, that's exactly what I was looking for. Uh, so this, the title of this episode is getting referred up. What does that mean? Well, yeah, I mean, most people know that in, especially in the world of financial services, people tend to refer a lateral and down on the economic, economic ladder, generally speaking, uh, not always, sometimes lightning strikes, you, you get, you know, an introduction to someone great, but generally speaking, it's lateral and down. So that doesn't work for the top advisors, the successful experienced advisors listening. They want to get referred lateral and up or maybe just up. I mean, I was I remember riding with my first financial advisor many, many years ago in a golf cart. We we're on the 15th hole of Hobbit's Glen in Columbia, Maryland. I remember it very distinctly. And he said, Bill, I just want to let you know, we're also doing a lot of work with the ultra wealthy. And. I go, okay, what is ultra wealthy to you? Well, 30 million, 40 million and above. I said, all right, that's great, Larry. Uh, you know, where does that leave me? <laughs> and he said, oh, Bill, you'll always be an A client in my book. Don't worry, you know, you're a friend too, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, you know, sometimes we need to just start talking about who else we're doing great work for. So that's, I know we're going to get more detail on this, but that's, that's what I mean by getting referred up on the economic ladder um in this world yeah so how exactly do people get referred up yeah so um i'd say the first thing is is you got to get clear in other words you want to you want to be clear on on what does that mean to you and so there there are some people that don't care get, about getting referred up in other words they'll kind of work with anybody serve anyone and that's fine as long as it's an intentional decision and not just by default because you're afraid to do it any other way um, but to get clear on who is the bullseye for your business, who do you, for whom do you do your best work and all that. And, and that work isn't always easy. I know you help your clients with that. I help my clients with that as well. That's what I call the bullseye of, of the business, a right fit client. So after that, there's a few things you can do. First of all, I'd say your first line of defense of getting the unwanted unsolicited referrals would be to teach your clients who do you serve the best now notice i'm saying who do you serve the best versus who are you looking for it, it's it's a it's a subtle but i think important distinction because we want to make this client-centered we want to make it about who we serve the best and usually when we think about what's best for the prospect of the client everyone wins from that situation so we teach our clients now uh, do we teach all our clients? Probably not. I mean, Mary Beth, it'd be hard for me to go to you and say, let's say you're not an A client, right? For me, you're just you, Mary Beth Kosmeski, president of Redzo Marketing, would always be an A client for me. <laughs> but let's say you weren't. Um, you know, it's hard for me to say, so Mary Beth, you know, I'm, uh, I'm glad to see the value in what we're doing here. I was hoping you could introduce me to people that, well, I guess are a little more successful than you are. Tough conversation to have, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so now, Larry, because we were 
business friends, if you will. Uh, we've become friends. He's retired. We still play a lot of golf together. Uh, you can do that. You can kind of get away with that a little bit. You can tell some of your clients, I'm also doing great work with these people and with these people. So you can do it with them in a way that's not taking them out of the equation. It's not instead of folks like yourself, it's in addition to folks like yourself, right? So we're also doing a lot of great work with business owners in this niche. We're also doing a lot of great work with employees that work for this company. So you can talk to clients about this without making them feel like they no longer matter to you. So that's an important thing. You probably want to ask the right clients. You want to play the odds. I know we talked a little bit about this in the last interview um, about going, you know, in the direction where the odds are a little bit in your favor. And so if people tend to refer lateral and down, well, guess what? If you're at only if you're asking your C-level clients, uh, you're probably going to get C-level and down, generally speaking. Now, if you're the rainmaker for, for a team and you need more activity for them too, well, maybe that's okay. But in those cases, you've got to make sure that your clients know that you may not be the one doing the work. In other words, you're never too busy to see if your firm, if your team can be a resource to other people that they know, but it, it's not so much you necessarily. Uh, but if you're more of a solo or, you know, you're the one just doing the asking for yourself, then you probably want to play the ad, the odds and ask the right people. Um, you can, in the middle of the ask, and you can, you know, ask me to, to kind of role play and demo this if you'd like. But in the middle of the ask, you can remind people or educate them who you serve the best. So I'll, let me give you an example. Uh, I was coaching a team out of Long Island and. They came to me, they said, Bill, you know, we're asking, but we're not getting. Okay, okay, so tell me how you're asking. And so they role played a little for me. And truth be told, they weren't really asking. They were promoting. They were letting people know that they're never too busy, that they're happy to help or meet with, et cetera. But they weren't really asking. So we got them in an asking mode. And they started doing a little bit and they were getting a lot of uh, introductions to the children of their clients, which was fine. They were happy with that. They wanted to expand the relationship. That's an important thing to talk about, but that's not all they wanted. They also wanted to get introduced to other folks like themselves. So I say, it's all in the ask, right? If you say, you know, can we talk a little bit about some folks you think should be aware of the important work I do? People like yourself who have, worked a long time, who have saved well, who have hopefully lived below their means, whatever words you want to use, where you're starting to paint the picture of the person you're asking to start to see the types of people that you would like them to see. And so in the middle of the ask, we can also help them. If they offer unsolicited, we talked about that great, you know, you had some such great information to share last, last interview, part one. I hope people will go listen to that one is um, if they do offer someone unsolicited, you want to qualify. Is it a good match? Are you the right advisor for them? If, if they're not right for you, then you're not right for them, and you're going to create lose-lose situations. Uh, so you qualify there. And then uh, these are all the kind of lines of defense to make sure that you're getting the right people into your business. When you contact a referral prospect, Qualify them over the phone, over Zoom. Describe who you serve the best. 
could be assets, could be income, could be other criteria, could be age, could be gender, could be business they work in, lots of qualifiers. If they're not the right match, it'll become obvious fairly quickly and they'll qualify themselves out. Uh, if that happens, by the way, um, and the timing isn't right for you to work with them, let, let your source know. Hey, I talked to your friend Bob last week. Great guy. Uh, timing isn't right for us to be working together, but I do appreciate the trust you have in me and look forward to the next opportunity. So I know I was yakking for a lot, but that's 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 a lot of what, you know, how one creates this layer of activity and defenses to to try to make sure you only get the introductions and referrals to the right people. Yeah, you know, you talk about referring up, but what about what about with target markets? Because target markets, you've got to be very clear and specific, which is one of the things that you just said. But how does how does that kind of play out? Can you give me some examples of what that looks like? Yeah, so um, I kind of alluded to it already uh, a little bit, but it, it, so one of the one of the challenges that I know advisors face around deciding to go after a specific clear target market is there the two fears really one is what about my current clients do i have to stop serving them well of course not uh now you could decide to scale over time and bring someone else in to serve some of your legacy clients if you decide to focus on the market but nobody says you have to stop serving who you're serving and you can even take some clients from them if it if it fits um so it's not a either or it's a, in, in addition to and, and then um, you can actually, the other fear, I'm sorry, is that, you know, is that people think if I just focus on this target market, this group, uh, am I going to miss all this other opportunity? Well, the truth is, yeah, you might miss this opportunity or a good piece of it, but you'll be so successful in the target market, you won't even notice. But can you go, can you go to your clients and say, in addition to working with folks like yourself, right? we're also doing a lot of great work for people who work for Verizon or who, you know, uh, I just interviewed a guy on the latest podcast, uh, his niches with uh, Harley Davidson, right? So you can let some of your clients know you're also doing great work with these folks, with those folks, with medical practitioners, whatever your target market may be. And so you're not going to um, alienate your current clients, but you're going to add to what you're trying to do. So, uh, you can talk about it in a lot of different ways. You just got to make sure that it's not alienating people that you want, that you don't want to lose. I mean, if it's, if it's time to turn them over to someone else, okay, so be it. Uh, but I know that a lot of advisors don't want to do that, don't like to do that, in which case it's just all about the languaging. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and speaking of that and going back to the PTSD thing, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot of advisors don't ask because it feels like they're being salesy. And especially as you go up the ladder and you're working with higher and higher net worth individuals. So how do you suggest that people, you know, kind of advisors deal with that particular issue, feeling like they are being pushy? Yeah. So uh, this is a big one and this is important. So the way most people were taught that gave them this PTSD is what we'll call a, an advisor-centered methodology. If it was insurance and agent-centered, let me tell you how I get paid. I get paid in two ways or three ways if you charge for a plan. Um, 
kind of about you, about money in your pocket, when really you should be talking about your client's money and 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 that sort of thing. And, and also, uh, a lot of advisors don't like to ask for help because they just mistakenly think that asking for help is a sign of weakness. So when when you're asking for help and you're making it all about you, then I can understand why people wouldn't feel comfortable with that and would probably abandon that you know, sooner or later. So what I like to teach is what I'll call a value-centered approach or a client-centered approach. It's all about the value that the prospect and or client recognizes. It's all about the value that your center of influence understands that you bring to them. And so I put this in the, in, under the, the ban banner of what I'll call financial leadership. So my definition of financial leadership is this, helping clients, helping people, make financial decisions that are in their best interest that they wouldn't make without you, right? Uh, first, Newton's first law of motion, a body in motion tends to stay in motion, a body at rest tends to remain at rest unless acted upon by the outside force, right? Our biggest obstacle in this is, is inertia, getting prospects to move in a different direction. So we've got to be that outside force. And that's what I mean by financial leadership helping them make decisions that they wouldn't make. They wouldn't maybe even be aware of without us coming into their lives. And I think that most advisors understand this. They, they know that they bring that to the table. That's where this has to come from. So yes, we are asking for help and we're asking for help to help others. We're asking for help to see if we can have an opportunity to be in front of people who should at least know about the work we do. So it all centers around believing in the work that you do, believing in the fact that people, that everyone deserves to make educated decisions around this. So that's where all this comes from. Let me give you one concrete example. Al Fox, I, I interviewed Al for one of my earlier uh, podcasts. Al's in uh, New Jersey. And when I started working with Al, started coaching Al, he was already a pretty high level. I mean, I was almost a little intimidated because it was earlier in, in this business of mine. He had 300 million under management already, doing very well, had a little bit of a niche market in pharmaceuticals. And his aha moment, what allowed him to go past the old way into the new way that was successful is that he realized he didn't have to make it about him, that he can make it about his clients and about the value and his leadership role and bringing the important work to other people. And once that little you know, switch inside his brain flipped to the other side, it's like all of a sudden this opportunity opened up and he started to get comfortable and confident with this and successful. He now he, in 2002, I'm sorry, 2020, uh, he went over a billion assets under management, right? So in the time I've been with him from 300 million to over a billion, and a lot of it had to do with getting comfortable leveraging the, the great work he did for his clients to get introduced to others. So I hope that, that that's it. I mean, that's the essence. For a lot of folks, a switch inside the brain has to flip and they have to realize that they don't have to go about it the old way that they didn't and don't feel comfortable with. So if you can, give me an example of what that sounds like. Yeah. So um, I teach what we call the VIPS method. I mentioned that briefly. Uh, the V stands for value discussion. So we're having 
we really, of all the things I've been teaching Mary Beth for gosh, 30 years, this, this V, this value discussion, this value check-in, probably the most important thing. Uh, it creates more engagement. It'll create unsolicited referrals, introductions. It also has a starting point for a request. And so we're checking to make sure clients truly are seeing the value, even prospects. Are they seeing the value of the initial process? And, and that's what we pay attention to the answers. So that helps us feel more confident and clear on how our words and how our process is landing on those folks. And then, so we're going to feel more open to this. They get more in touch with it. So they're going to be more open to it as well. The I is treated with importance. You know, I'm glad you're seeing the, the value of the work we're doing. This is important work. It, it could be as simple as that. You know, I'm glad you're seeing the value in the work we do. And, you know, I talked to you earlier about why I do this and my mission to bring financial leadership into the lives of other folks. So that's the treat it with importance. I was hoping we could brainstorm a little bit, just put our heads together for a couple of minutes, see if we can identify a few folks that you think should at least be aware of the work I do. Uh, I've got a few ideas. I'd love to run it by a couple of folks you've mentioned in the past. You okay with a little bit of brainstorming? Ah, who was I? Who did I mention in the past? So that's the P and the S, permission to brainstorm or explore. And then the S is suggest names and categories. So it's all about the value, all about bringing it to others. This is a client who sees your value. They, you know, if it's a longtime client, they love you. Uh, is it going to hurt the relationship? No. You know, what's the worst thing they'll say? You know, I don't feel comfortable with this. I, I've had bad experiences. And, you know, we teach folks how to explore and probably back out of that. You're probably not going to push anyone for this. Um, but that's the worst thing that's going to happen. So that's that's the essence of what it might sound like. Well, and I feel like the key to that is the the part that a lot of advisors don't do. Obviously the value part is really important because you're you're setting the stage for something that's not that's that's uh, you know about what you're actually doing and you bring to the table. Mm -hmm. But it's about when you ask for suggested names. That's when the rubber meets the road because that's what most advisors don't. Hey, if you ever run into anyone or you know anybody, just right. let me know and then they leave it like that and that's exactly where it ends in a lot of cases, right? Yeah, they throw open the whole universe and and it doesn't land anywhere and it fizzles and they go, well, that didn't work. Now, occasionally lightning strikes and they did think of someone or they had been talking to someone before the meeting. So it happens, but um, not very well. The, the key here in the ask, however we do it, is to get our potential referral source, get their mind's eye landing on people, to visualize people. So the best place to start is specific people that you know they know, sister and brother-in-law in the area, Uncle Ernie, whatever that might look like. You create curiosity by saying, you know, there's a couple of folks you've mentioned in the past, I just want to run them by you. Go, who did I talk about, right? Uh, now, another way you can come specific is also with, with categories. So either, let's say you don't know anyone in their life. If, you know, if you're being a good advisor, you should know other people in their life just because the work they do impacts other people and vice versa. But nonetheless, let's say you don't know anyone else. Well, come with some categories, right? The category that brought them to you. Maybe they had a bonus at work. Maybe they just had a child. They wanted to get serious. Maybe they're starting to think seriously about retirement, whatever that is. And, and here's a way to have fun with this and get curious and create curiosity. So I'd say like something like this, you know, Mary Beth, I was hoping we could put a little thought into this. I, I've got a few places I'd like to explore actually some categories of folks that we do some pretty, pretty important work for. In fact, you're in one of those categories. And so we'll probably, what category am I in? Right. So 
I'm in a category. What category am I in? So sometimes you can have some fun with this and then start to get narrow. And, and that's what you need. And that's what will produce the best results is the, the more narrow the gender. Now, now, can you expand to uh, the whole universe? Yeah, but just don't start there. You know, that's a couple ideas I had and looking forward to being introduced to your sister and brother-in-law. Anyone else come to mind? Anyone else you think should be aware of what we do? So yeah, you can open it up after that, but don't start there. Prime the pump with as specific as you can. Yeah, I think that's I think that's definitely key. Uh, I know in one of your blog posts you wrote about a one sentence introduction. Yeah. So what is what's that? Uh, well, it's a pretty interesting concept, um, and I it came about by uh, working with a colleague um, who was a consultant not in this industry, different industry, but he had gone on a sabbatical for a couple of years and coming back, starting to do business again, reached out to clients, colleagues, friends, et cetera. And I, you know, looking for introductions and opportunity. And I said, well, all right, Alan, you know, who do you serve? How do, how do I talk about you? You know, what do I say? And he hadn't done his work and he knew it approaching me because he had written, read my book, Radical Relevance, but still hadn't actually done the work. And so together, we kind of came up with a, an approach that's really easy uh, to, uh, to re for the client to remember or the referral source to remember. It's got to be short and easy to remember and include some key elements like who does he work with? Who's his target market, right fit client? What are the benefits of the work he does? What does that look like? Uh, and then what might the action step be? So I've kind of found a way to put it all into one sentence. And essentially, uh, if I was to do mine, I would say if, if you're a financial advisor, and you're in a growth mode, you want to attract more high quality clients, you need to talk to me or you need to talk to Bill Cates if someone else was talking about me, right? So if you're a financial advisor, now I could qualify that if you're successful, if you're a million dollar producer, if you're brand new, whatever. So it, it's not static. You could play with it. Uh, if you want to attract more clients or if you want to get more unsolicited referrals, which is I know your big emphasis, if you want uh, to have a you know a presence on the internet, whatever they want, that's the benefit. You need to talk to me, or or if someone's referring you, you need to talk to Mary Beth. You need to talk to Bill. So in one sentence, you actually accomplish a lot, and it's easy for someone to remember. If you're going to say it, th this actually all generated, and you'll get a kick out of this uh, from a client I was coaching a couple years ago. He said, "Bill, here's what I need." When I'm going from the golf cart to the tee box and someone asks me what I do, I want to have an answer. And then I can focus on hitting my drive. <laughs> right. So that's it. Right. Well, if you're this and you want this, I'm your guy. I really love this idea of the one sentence introduction. And I'd like to ask you some more questions about that. But before we do it, let's take a really quick break. This podcast is sponsored by Proudmouth, the Influence Accelerators. If you're like our clients, you want to spend more time educating people and less time selling. That's why we turn Main Street experts like you into trusted mainstream authorities. We help you amplify your influence over a growing audience of magnetically attracted fans who will chase you down instead. 
Visit ProudMouth.com to learn more. All right. Welcome back. And I am excited to hear some of your examples, Bill. So let's talk about some examples of one sentence introductions. All right. So let me give you a few specific examples that'll spark the creativity of the folks listening. Uh, they'll have to put in their own words, of course. Uh, here's one. If you're several years or less away from retirement and you're hoping to retire without taking a pay cut, you need to talk to Peter Smith. Right. If you're several years away from retirement or you're getting serious about retirement, that's the, the market, if you will, the people you're hoping to retire without a pay cut. That's the benefit. Most people are. Uh, you need to talk to Peter. If you're a small business owner hoping to exit your business while maintaining a high standard of living, you need to talk to Laura Jones. And then another one could be, you know, if you're between 30 and 50 and you have children and you're thinking about college education and retirement and legacy, you need to talk to Francis Jenkins. So that's an idea. You can add a little to it. You don't want it to be too long because you really want it to be one sentence and you need it to be easy to remember for yourself and for whoever's using it. But that gives you a sense of it. So I'm just curious, Mary Beth, uh, you know, what would your one sentence intro if you were saying, hey, Bill, don't keep me a secret. Intro me to people out there. What would you teach me to say about you? Yeah. So mine, if I am talking to somebody and I want to let them know what Red Zone Marketing does, I say, my firm Red Zone Marketing works with top advisors, helping them do the most difficult thing in their business. And that's continue to grow at a high rate. So if you know someone who's looking to grow at a high rate, they need to come and talk to Red Zone Marketing. Yep. Or you might say, if you're looking for an advisor, could be successful advisor, right? There are a lot of different ways you can play this. Um, depends who even, you're talking to, right? Actually, yeah. it depends who you're talking to. Absolutely. So that's good. Um, What's yours? Well, I, I, I kind of gave one. If you're a financial advisor and you want to acquire more right fit clients, you need to talk to Bill Cates. You need to talk to me. Sometimes I'll say if you're a successful financial advisor and you want to scale your business, by helping other members of your team be more purposeful in referrals and personal introductions, I'm your guy. So this just is an example of how you can play with this a little bit and how you can adjust it for whoever you're talking to or whoever your referral source might be talking to. Yeah, exactly. And I always like to put in the, you know, we work with some of the top advisors in the country, that kind of language because then if it's somebody who's just starting off in the business, they're not a right fit for us. And so I've, I've already indicated that, yeah, we're going to limit ourselves, but that's the kind of clients that we actually work with. So that, that helps us out to get the right kind of referrals. Exactly. It's, it's a little qualifier. I, I worked with a guy who came to one of our boot camps. We used to do boot camps. I haven't done one in a long time. We used uh, to do boot camps, Bill. You and I did. Yeah, I know. We have PTSD from the boot camp, I think. Uh, <laughs> but, um, he used to say, uh, I work with multimillionaires who have complex financial situations, right? So he's qualifying people in and out just by how he says who he works with. So if you're a multimillionaire, if you're an extremely successful business owner, lots of ways to use that, to kind of, you know, put some parameters around who you serve. Well, Bill, thank you for letting me interview you on this Top Advisor podcast. I it's think fun. that um, I, I usually don't interview someone on their own podcast, so this has been <laughs> uh, this has been exciting and fun for me. 
I, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, I wanted to do this because when I'm interviewing folks, for the most part, they're the star, they're the featured guest. You know, I want them and their information. I just want to be a good listener. And I know I have some good things to share along the way with the work I've been doing for 30 years. So this is kind of a way for me to get that out and to let you shine a little bit along the way. So I, I hopefully we've accomplished our goal here. So Dr. Mary Beth Kosmeski, president of Red Zone Marketing, uh, thank you for, for this, for this two-part series. Now, folks listening, you can learn more about Mary Beth's great work at redzonemarketing.com. Let me repeat that, redzonemarketing.com. Uh, to you, the listener of the podcast, I'd like to ask you of a small favor. If you like this episode or like the podcast in general, please leave a five-star review on the platform uh, you're listening now. Now, not all platforms have a place for reviews, but if, if yours does, I'd be grateful. Thank you. And if you haven't already, head over to referralcoach.com forward slash resources, sign up for our weekly tips, access a ton of free guides, et cetera. This is Bill Cates reminding you that ideas do not make you more successful. Only acting on those ideas will bring you the success that you desire. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you for listening to the Top Advisor Podcast brought to you by Proud Mouse Pod Rocket Academy. I encourage you to visit my website, referralcoach.com, for links to my books, online courses, and to register for the Cates Academy.